I believe there's a hero in all of us. You have great powers, only some of which you have yet discovered. I'm a superhero, Mama. A real-life superhero. The world needs extraordinary. We will make you a superhero. Are you ready to become a hero? Initiating surprise in three. This two is one. The Real Brian Show. Yes, it is the show for the Renaissance nerd. We are curious people. We unleash our superheroes and we love our pop culture. You remember back when? Remember that? Back in the day. You know, when I was a kid, we didn't wear seatbelts or political correctness wasn't even a thing. Ah, the good old days. Is nostalgia a good thing or not? We've got some interesting thoughts to share with you on that. So strap in. Nay, don't strap in. Don't wear your seatbelts and let's rock it. Oh man, welcome back. It's Friday. It's the Real Brian Show, and I am the Real Brian. I'm Captain Influence. Oh, is it like talk like a pirate day or something? I think so. I think a certain listener named Savin Blue Savin asked that we talk like pirates the entire episode today. And I thought, you know, <laughs> I don't know if I could handle this the whole episode, but I'm going to put some my... firecrackers in my beard and I'm going to light them on fire. Oh, that would hurt. I long as my long as my uh, long as my galleon stays afloat. Is that your I've ship? I see right there, matey. Aye, lad. Uh. <laughs> Out there with the three masts. Well, I've got four masts. Is that is that a good thing? What's with all the seagulls on the ocean right now? Uh, this is, it's this a is pirate hard. thing, I guess. This is really hard to talk like a pirate. Thanks a lot, it's Seven. You've totally <laughs> jacked us up. We can't even talk like a pirate now. Arg, but you know uh, what we've been doing? And I, I've got to talk about this. You know what we've been doing is we've been playing some Sea of Thieves. Sea of Thieves, Arg. Yeah, okay. So you got into it. You've had a week now to play it. With you. Yes. And, and with and Ro- our gaming buddies. Do you remember Dr. Rob Dog that's been on the show? Yes. Well, yeah, yeah. He's he's been on playing it with us as well. Yeah. He's really into it. The other night. Yep. Yeah. Yep. Lots of fun. You were there. And of course, oh. uh, UP Too Late has been, or I'm sorry, Up Too Late. <laughs> he spells it up, you know, UP, whatever. Um, it's up too late. Captain Hammerpants and I, man, we we rocked that galleon by ourselves. We didn't need a crew Arg, a bunch of scurvy lovers. I played Monkey Island back in the day. The Secret of Monkey Island, Curse of yeah. Monkey Island, all those. LeChuck. Oh, man. Those were good games. And I'm trying to remember this some of the hard. pirate speak that they used to have. You pretty much covered it just now. All right. Scurvy lubber. Uh, scallywag. <laughs> yes, sea dog. Scurvy, land lubber, sea dog. Yeah, all kinds of things. I am rubber, you are glue. I, you know, I, I don't know. The whole the talking like a Russian thing. Yeah. Once I start, I can't stop. Yeah. But talking like a pirate's a lot more difficult. It really is because it actually yeah. kind of works your your throat a little too much, and you got to be careful. But Sea of Thieves, man, what are you thinking of the game right now? Hey, well, you know, it was not what I was expecting at all. And I think it's so not your typical MMO. Like I mentioned, it's 100% cooperative. You can solo. I mean, there's lots of websites that tell you how to solo in the game, but 
you really, I mean, to play effectively, you need to have at least one other person with you. And so it's kind of like Star Trek bridge crew in that regard, except you're on a pirate ship and, you know, sailing to different islands. And it's entertaining in a way that's different than any other video game I've ever played. Yeah. There's a lot to do. And it was interesting, though, because Rob Dog was even, we were chatting about this, and he said, what can you buy with the money that you make? And I said, I, I think only cosmetic things. You can buy yourself a new beard or a new hat or, you know, a new, you know, clothing, basically, to make your pirate look really piratey and cool. A peg leg, a eye patch, you know, or you can change the skin on your gun and your sword or you can make your ship look cooler. I don't think you can buy anything else, though. I think everything else that you need in the game, you go collect and you make money, you make certain credits, you do new missions, you have fun. But other than that, I think it's just cosmetic, which is that good or bad? Depends on the person. I'm okay with it. I think that my biggest draw to that game so far has been the atmosphere. Mm. They do the pirate atmosphere really well. And it's it's a fun-loving pirate atmosphere. I mean, I, every time I play it, I my dreams that night ring to that atmosphere. Around gold <laughs> I don't have pirate and pirates. Yeah. I don't have I don't have a dream that I'm on a pirate ship or anything, but, but my dreams have the same feel like like the colors and textures of the game, which is a good thing. I, I've I've had fun with it when I'm asleep. So I think there's a lot to it. And it is interesting because the the water is so realistic. Now I've been on ships and when I look off the side of this ship in the water, I'm like, oh my gosh, it looks like real ocean. And it's so dynamic. Everything is so realistic you know the way that the the wind hits or if you go into a, a storm or a squall or oh my gosh it's incredible but keep in mind for those of you who haven't played it it's it's a very cartoony graphic game the mm, yes the water looks very realistic a little but bit. no it is the character models the ships the objects that you hold and use like your shovel your your uh, spyglass yeah compass all that is very cartoony in graphic style it's again so, if you go look at like the new monkey island games Mm-hmm. or even like Borderlands. If you look at either of those, you're going to get an idea that it's similar in that sense. It's like a cartoony okay. in that sense. But still, uh, granted, I have never captained a ship in my life, in real life, but the physics feel real in this game. Yeah. Because yeah. we've oh, yeah, definitely not been able to slow this ship down at times. <laughs> <laughs> so you got to plan ahead. It's funny. It's like, we're coming up. We're coming up. I'm like, raise the sails. Everyone's like, wait, what? I'm like, raise the freaking sails. Oh, and then they raise them. Well, we just crashed. It's like, you really got to, sh- you got to slow the ship down a long time back. So yep. it's fun, man. I, I enjoy it. But all right, I got to tell you this. So I was getting ready to get on the show and Miss Light pops home. She was doing some stuff, you know, for, for work and stuff like that. She's like, oh, and pop by, you know, and, I, and of course we record this, the show in the, you know, the home studio, the cavernous studio. And oh, yes. she's like, I got this new Starbucks drink and it's a matcha lemonade. So the scoops of actual, you know, green tea matcha oh, okay. um, in lemonade. This is how we do tea at Starbucks. No water added and light on the ice because what they do is they, they add water to their already watered mix. Interesting. Just to water it down. And, you know, it's less expensive for them, of course. So you have a watered down version of tea. And so when I say no water added, it's more like a concentrate, which is kind of how I make my tea. I make it strong. And you can ask for that. They, yeah. uh, they, you can say, hey, don't add water. Yep. In fact, if you ever okay. get tea, I would recommend it unless you can't handle the strength of it. But I would recommend it because you're getting more of the actual what you're paying for. Interesting. But anyway, matcha lemonade, Good dude. It's like three scoops of ground green tea leaves, matcha, you know, with some lemonade. And oh my gosh, it's so good and it's rich. Sounds and it's, good. Mm, yeah. So, booyah, Starbucks. 
Booyah. Booyah. Yar, Starbucks. Oh, arr, yes. We don't need to loot Starbucks now. They do a good drink out there. Uh, you know, another drink that's really good that one of the local shops does. It's called the Cure All. Like the Cure. It's Friday. I'm in love. The Cure. Yeah. Um, the, the Cure, Cure All. Yeah. And it is a chai, bok tea chai, which is actually made in Boulder, Colorado. Really good stuff, by the way. Some people don't like it, but I do because it's like heavy on the black pepper, ginger, and cardamom. So it's, mm, mm, it's like right in your, right in the back of your throat. But how many doubloons <laughs> does it cost? I don't even know. <laughs> actually, I see now I'm doing like a Irish. This is tough. <laughs> that's all right. There, are, there were probably Irish or Scottish pirates. I, I that's right. There's a so. Scottish pirate out there. It's hard. That's where they, they kind of accentuate their R's a little bit more. Anyway, bhakti chai. Now, this is what's weird. Chamomile tea, honey and cinnamon, and there's some other stuff in there. And then um, the best way to do it is with oat milk. You can do it with regular milk, but the oat milk really brings out the flavor. But it's so good. Apparently, it's good like if you're sick, but I'm just like, I just think it tastes good. So there you go. I, I prefer it cold in the summer and then hot in the winter. Don't we all? That's right. You have this idea about a way to educate us a little bit more in this show, which is probably uh, a good thing because sometimes I know some of us, not me, but some of us feel less than adequately educated. Captain influence is probably the most educated man that I know. And so yeah, educate oh, us. So not true. Oh, it's so true. Educate us. Do not, do educate not put us. me up on that pedestal. Cause I'm going to fall right off it. Dude, like a drunken sailor. I'm just going to worship you. So yeah, educate us. I thought maybe I would introduce a vocabulary word. The word today is adumbrate. Now, I've never heard this word before in my entire life. I've read a lot of books. I've Mm. never heard this word. It means to describe roughly or give the main points or summary of to outline, basically. If you outline something to somebody, you adumbrate. We just have to try and use this word as many many times as possible on the rest of the episode. So it's pronounced adumbrate? Adumbrate, yes. Not adumbrate? Correct. According (laughs) to the all-knowing internet, it is adumbrate. Actually, if you were to separate it out, it's a dumb rate, which is what you can say it to is. like your That's uh, how it's spelled. Yeah, a dumb rate. <laughs> <laughs> so you go buy a car and they give you an interest rate. You're like, that is a dumb rate. Indeed. Yeah. So Adam Brate. So to Adam Brate, our experience with Sea of Thieves, it is a fun open world game that you are thrown into without knowing what you're doing. I like it. I don't even know if that's the best adumbration. I could give. Oh, man. Getting even deeper on this one. (laughs) I'll take adumbration for a thousand, Alex. (laughs) I'll take a dumb rate for 400. That's adumbrate. (laughs) Oh, you got it. That's exactly where I should have gone with that. (laughs) I'll take a dumb rate. Oh, God. Dang it. You got it. You got it. So right. keep that in mind for the rest of the, for the rest of the episode. Oh, my gosh. Adumbrate. All right. I got a a dumb rate. A, A dumb rate. Oh. Oh, another thing. Yeah. I, I ran across a list online of fun icebreaker questions that you can ask people. Ooh. Maybe you and I could each ask each other one or two of those. So you mind if I okay. go first? Oh, yeah. Go, go, go. If you could rid the world of one thing, what would it be? Oh, my gosh. Uh, do you want one, a huh? serious answer or do you want a, a funny? Doesn't matter. Oh, man. If I could rid the world of one thing. If it's uh, both serious and funny, that's... That's a bonus for you. So you know what? I'm going to say this because it is funny and it's also serious. And it's something I said at the very beginning of the show. Political correctness. I would rid the ah. world of that. Ha! And no. So the, the funny thing is, yeah, that's funny. The, the serious thing is it doesn't help. Political correctness does not help anything. So yes, I would rid the world of that. And we would learn to respect each other and to value each other instead. And we did live for 
millennia without political correctness. So yeah, and there were problems, (laughs) but there will always be problems because bullying is a thing. So that's what it is. Well, my answer is hornets. Hornets. Yeah. Yeah. Can hornets serve a purpose? Uh, Technically they do, but I don't think that it's a purpose that we couldn't live without or that the world couldn't live without. See, I think I would almost go more for mosquitoes than hornets because I don't think mosquitoes serve a purpose. No, they really do. Actually, mosquitoes are one of the primary food sources for a lot of animals. Ah, Dang it. Yeah, Yeah, they're they're a a really important part of the food chain. I was trying, man. But (sighs) hornets, I don't know. I mean, they're, they're predators. They predate on certain lesser insects and things that that might go out of control in the areas that they mm-hmm. live in perhaps, yeah. but I still would rather get rid of them. Interesting. Yeah. So that's my first question. What, what, you have one for me? Yeah, I got one for you. Uh, you'll okay. like this one. What childish things do you still do as an adult? Oh God, let me count the ways. <laughs> yes. Holy cow. Uh, that's a good thing, man. Still a child you know, at heart. Let me count the ways, but can I really think of something <laughs> off the top of the cuff? <laughs> Pick one. Um, it's gotta be childish, childish though. I do as an adult spontaneous loud flatulence <laughs> it's like yeah. the kind that when it happens it's like whoa totally scared the crap out of somebody and they're like well i uh, felt that let me uh adam Bright. a dumb Maybe that's not the best use of that word uh <laughs> i don't do it in public that would be just crass if i'm working at home and just, if my wife's in the room or something i'll let rip like i would when i was a kid and i'll just think it's the funniest thing in the world <laughs> she does so that's proof that's just one tiny. Oh, actually, no, I, I I don't want to out her. So never mind. I'm not going to say what I was about to say. But uh, she loves you. That's what it means. That's what you're going to yes, say. She yes, she loves yes. me. And and but that's just the tiniest tip of the iceberg. I really, to be honest, people don't grow up. They really don't. Even those that really, even those that grow up more. I can't tell you how childish your average adult is in my observation. So yeah, you know the I, thing is, is some people are just better at covering it up than others. And I think a lot of people true. try. They they train. They try to train to become less childish but the reality is that that just makes them dull and boring regardless we're really kids raising kids that's what we are except I, that's I'm, funny we're, you and i aren't raising kids but humans are just kids raising kids raising kids so yeah and it's, the, the irony too is it's another thing i find really funny is the more i go out there and i research things and i listen to things and i try to learn more the more i realize that people really don't know very much that we, we all yeah, act like not. we do we all we throw a bunch of generalizations out there for people and and hope that it actually makes sense. And sometimes we're right. And sometimes we're not, you know, it's just what it is. And maybe childish is bad. I I don't know. I, I look at childish being kind of harmless. Whereas like immature on the other hand can be harmful. So we're not talking sure. immature. People can do immature things, which is bad, but childish is like, okay, like what I would do this childish is mm-hmm. I say words like honkety hooter. <laughs> I said, okay. it, I said it in the store <laughs> yesterday and I was just looking for something and I was like, well, honkety hooter. And, well, and, I'm in my mid forties and I'm talking like a pirate on a podcast today. And Miss Light's like, you probably shouldn't say those things in public. And I'm like, why not? Who cares? It's like, I'm not saying anything to anyone. Yeah. Honkity hooter. It's like, big whoop de doo. People are yeah, offended. Right. Oh, well, people need to relax no, a little, you know, and you can't get offended by honkity hooter, Brian. Come on. Well, they could because they could take it no, in a way can't. that it's not supposed to be taken. So it's just what it is. But anyway, the point being is it's like, yeah, whatever. Have fun. <laughs> be a, uh, what did they say? Enjoy, Be childlike enjoy life. in many ways, you know, childlike yeah. laughter, childlike faith, childlike, I don't know, attitudes and trust towards, well, maybe not that I would say, <laughs> you should trust people in certain, you should give people the benefit of the doubt maybe, but 
Not everybody's worthy of trust. In most cases. Yeah. That's anyway, for sure. I like these questions. Man, I th- I'm going to bookmark this. And maybe we'll come back to this. Oh, we'll come back to this. You know what would be funny is if uh, any of you listening would be like, hey, I got a question for you. Oh, please. Yeah, yeah. Now, here's the thing, though. It's got to be fun. Make it fun, all right? If you want to create a pickup line kind of question, that's fine. Do something, you know, awkward and fun, but make it fun. Don't make it like, don't make it weird or uncomfortable or anything like that. Cause you know, this show, it's supposed to be light and lighthearted and fun. Throw us a million questions. The more, the merrier. And then we can, I like it. we'll ask each other those questions on yes. next episode. Yeah. That would be great. This is interesting. I've never, ever played this game before in my life. There's two things that I'm sharing here that I'm kind of nerding out on right now, which I find interesting. It really is. It's like, it's not ironic by any means. It's just interesting to me, which will lead me into my second thing that I'm nerding out about. But the two things here are, I guess that would be the third thing. So never mind. I can't count. <laughs> First, You thing, don't need to count as a pirate. No, Brian. that's right. Arr, you know, how many ships are on the horizon? I don't know. We've got plenty how of cannonballs. Just fire. So how many do I have in this treasure chest? I don't care. It's full. It's full. It's a lots of gold, but it's not worth anything. Doesn't matter. So I've been, I mentioned this last week, reading the Darth Vader comic, which was a 2016 compilation of issues one through six called Vader. Amazing. Loved it. It was incredible. Had a lot of fun. Found out though, as I was in our local comic store, they were like, actually the more recent series is even better. And I thought, dang, I've got a lot of reading to do going to be a lot of fun. So I got book two and I'm ready for that. I'm excited. So as I was saying, the interesting thing is, is I've never played this game before. I have had friends who have played this over the years. Not all my friends. Some people said I'm never going to play that game and others were highly into it. And that is Magic the Gathering. It's been around for a long time now. 25 years. I think they just celebrated. Yep. Sounds about right. Some of you have played and I'd be very curious to hear your experiences and thoughts and, you know, memories or whatever. Would you know? I'd love to hear it. If you have played magic, send in your, your thoughts. Y E R. I have. You have two. Yeah, of course. Really? You don't play anymore. Oh no. And I'll tell you why, but go on. uh, You go first. Okay. Well, first of all, played with Sith master J predator and the hue. It was so fun to see them. I haven't seen all of them in a while. Great time, dude. First time I've ever played, as I mentioned, and I thought it was really fun. Now, granted, you got to understand Sith Master and Predator both had like boxes and bags full of cards mm. and decks to play with. And so they were just like, we're just going to play with it's what they call Planeswalker decks. So for those of you who know what I'm talking about, this is review for you have no idea what I'm talking about. It's a pre-made it deck. You buy it. It's 60 cards playable. Go for it right away. You don't have to do any customization or anything like that. So and it has a planeswalker in it, which is they have other decks too that are that, that you can buy pre-made that aren't planeswalker decks. But go ahead. But they're ready to play, basically, is what it is. Indeed. So we did that. We tried out various types, and I had a lot of fun with it. And I was, it was fun. I mean, at first I was getting totally just, let's just say <laughs> raped. Let's just say that. I mean, I was destroyed hard. I think in the first two to three games, and then all of a sudden I started picking it up, and I'm like, oh, and I tried some stuff, and I actually won one game. It was amazing. Ah, it was very nice. exciting. Now we played, you know, the typical two people, you know, one on one kind of thing, and then we played a, a four person, which uh, yes. I really liked. That the four person yeah. was so much more fun to me. I thought it was great, <laughs> and I would love to play. They have a thing called Magic Arena, which is an online version of the game. Yes, yeah, and I like yep. that because it's free, and you can learn from it. This is all new. I mean, I've only done it once, so this is very, very new to me, but I, I had a really good time. You know what I loved the most about it? What? Face-to-face, hanging out with people. That 
Sounds like you. Yes. That, that was just sense. the best part of it though. But I wanted yeah. to hear your thoughts on magic and why you don't play anymore. My thoughts are quite short. The reason I don't play anymore is because my eyes aren't quite that good. Eyesight's one of those things you just take for granted if you don't have bad eyesight. You have to be able to look across the table at your opponent's cards that he has arrayed out on the battlefield or whatever and see what he has there and see what their power and their toughness are and and what their abilities are, etc. I mean, you're not that far away from the other person. It's just I can't see well enough to read those details so i'm constantly having to ask my opponent hey you mind if i look at that card for a second okay okay and then you look at oh, it's yeah. just it's extra tedious it's the same reason i don't golf anymore yeah. uh, i used to love to go golf but i don't because now when i hit my ball i can't see where the hell it went so well, that's why you just uh, play with understanding friends who say it's over there no. there's your ball or <laughs> nope. like i wouldn't care if you took time and said let me look at your card I, d- I don't care about that like it's for me it's about the experience and less about the speed and hurry up you know i don't care but I do, so wow. that's why I don't play anymore. I just I've lost interest in it. So, gotcha. but it is if you can see well and and you like semi intellectual, semi challenging game like that, then it's a great game. I mean, there's a reason it's it's been around so long. So, yeah. well, yeah. you and I can play online Magic Arena, and we can play together and take as much time as you want. That's true, and I haven't tried Magic Arena yet, but I've heard really good things about it. So, I also wanted to mention switching subjects back to Vader again. I got my Vader comic. I read it all yesterday. Oh wow. I feel a little bad, but I was not half as enamored with it as you and Johnny are. <laughs> yeah, well, that's why we're I all felt, different. Just to adumbrate my, <laughs> my experience <laughs> with the Darth Vader comic, the art was often, very often, visually confusing for me. Like uh, the artist tried to portray certain action sequences in a cell that just were, I was like, what am I looking at there? And that happened a lot mm. for me personally. I thought that one of the main characters in the first volume was just a little bit too over the top and not very enjoyable to read. I, d- I didn't like her character. She she didn't seem like someone Vader would put up with, basically, in her quirkiness. And so I, I just, I don't know. I, I thought the art was kind of confusing at times. I thought that the story was very abrupt and not just not that well thought out. I, I just, I don't know. I just, I did not enjoy it as much as I really wanted to. So it's so interesting because you said all that because I'm like, I actually feel exactly the opposite on every single point. Good. I'm glad for you, but that's interesting. (laughs) Yeah. Well, I also, I totally see where, and you can say her name, Dr. Afra. She's been all over the place, but I think he was tolerant of her. Right. But that's about it. I just, it just didn't feel like he would be if, if it were really Darth Vader. And I like he has use for her. Basically he needs her right now. Yeah. Yeah. But hey, whatever, everybody likes different things. So that's, that's really right. what it comes down to. That's right. Yep. That's right. So try it out, kids. That's right. Try it out. I'm going to be rewatching all of Battlestar Galactica, all of Caprica, and and I'm already rewatching Stargate SG-1 before I go to bed most nights, uh, except for game nights. But where will I find time for all this? That's I don't, a great question. I mean, it's like, wow, I have so much to look forward to. But then I started thinking, why don't I watch new stuff instead? I mean, I really do. I end up rereading old books. I rewatch old stuff. I have watched Band of Brothers, the HBO series from like 2000 or whatever. Mm-hmm. I have watched that no less than 25 times. Wow. I have watched show, the Lord the of the Rings. Very good, but yeah. not 25 times good. Come on. Nobody. Well, I mean, that's just silly. No, uh, it's, it's worthy of 25 <laughs> watches. It's more of a, it's very hard to watch. But that's a totally just different discussion. But anyway, fair enough. It's good though. I've I've rewatched Buffy the Vampire Slayer yeah. three times. 
I'll be watching it again one of these days. I reread books over and over. I, I just so why don't I like new stuff? And because I revel in nostalgia. Do you and not so, truly like new stuff though? Or I do like new stuff. I oh, I, okay. I love discovering new things. Well, there you go. So you like? Both. I am a. I'm very conservative at heart, and so if if something good comes along and it hits me the right way, then I'm like, yay, that's really awesome. I can add this to my repertoire. But I don't actively search out new stuff all the time. So this whole this whole self analysis got me contemplating the whole concept of nostalgia. Interesting. Why do so many people love to try to re-experience the past on a regular basis? Hmm. And so I started looking into it, you know, and I found that nostalgia is a yearning for an idealized past. It's not a it's not a forgotten actual past because there's all sorts of psychology behind the fact that we don't really remember specific things that happen in our past, especially the farther back you go. In psychoanalysis, that phenomenon is referred to as a screen memory. It's not a true recreation of the past, but rather a combination of many different memories all integrated together. And in the process, all negative emotions are filtered out, quote unquote. This was a guy named Alan Hirsch who did a, mm-hmm. a journal study on that back in 92. Back in the day, 92. Remember 92 was a good year, Brian. 1992. Hick fire. However, nostalgia unlike screen memory. So screen memory is related, but actual nostalgia does not relate to a specific memory, but rather to an emotional state. Interesting. That makes so, sense. And this idealized emotional state is framed within a past era. I'm a quote, quote again. This idealized emotional state is framed within a past era and the yearning for the idealized emotional state manifests as an attempt to recreate that past era or that past experience by reproducing activities performed then. And by using symbolic representations of the past. So he goes on to describe, you know, like how nostalgia is triggered by things like smells. All the or, senses, essentially. Yeah, uh, the different, the, the senses trigger nostalgia. Yeah, yeah that, that's a good, good way to adumbrate, Brian. Mm-hmm. A nice welcome. adumbration. <laughs> uh, so Thank you. I like to rewatch shows that once made me happy in order to recreate that feeling again and again. Yeah. To be fair, I used to be inebriated to one extent or another when I originally watched those shows. I used to drink a lot. And, and so I was not only watching great shows, but I was feeling artificially good while watching them. Now, I no longer drug myself like I used to, but the nostalgia is still there in the desire to re-experience those, item, those things again. Mm-hmm. So the question is, for me, do those shows still evoke the same happy feelings they used to now that I'm sober? Uh, more or less, yes, I've found. Hmm. Although I do notice uh, little plot holes and awkward writing more readily than I used to. <laughs> like I'll, I'll be watching Stargate and there'll be some awkward bit of dialogue between Daniel Jackson and Colonel O'Neill. And I'll be like, that's why did they do that there? Yeah. But Indeed. for the most part, it's still just as fun now as it was the first oh, three yeah. times I watched the whole series. So nice. that's awesome. Yeah. I mean, are you more or less nostalgic or where do you fall on that? Brian? Yes. Interestingly, I'm both. I, as you mentioned, I do love discovering new things and doing new things and all that. I think I was actually more nostalgic as I was younger. You know, we just had less to choose from. We didn't have as many shows. We didn't have as many games. We didn't have as many movies coming out. I mean, there was just less to consume. True. Which in some ways was, I hate to say it, very refreshing. I think the more that we have to consume, the less we are just existing or not existing. That's the word like being still essentially. In fact, it was interesting the other day. It was actually last, it was last Monday. I spent the entire day as I, I take these creative days. I mentioned this last week. This is a new thing right now, by the way, which has become very healthy for me. And for somebody who is a content creator, which is what I do, it's very important 
to take a creative day. I interviewed the president of audiobooks.com many, many years ago. Oh. And it was interesting. He said that he'll spend a lot of his week sitting in his office, just staring at a whiteboard or staring out the window. And I'll be like, and he goes, oh. well, that's interesting. And I'll say, well, yeah, a lot of people think that's not productive. He goes, but you can't come up with ideas by forcing them. Sometimes you have to actually just kind of be still and just let that come to you. And then the greatest yeah. ideas come out and then you go from there. And that's how he's now a billionaire. So, huh. Some people have to do that. And so it was interesting because last Monday I did that for the first time and I can't tell you how long I didn't just force feed myself content. I wasn't consuming stuff, you know, because it's it's easy to just consume, entertain yourself, fill your brain, fill your senses constantly easier than ever. Yeah, yeah, especially today. And what I did last week was none of that. And it was amazing, amazing how much just happened that day. Good. And well, awesome. so that kind of thing, interestingly, though, caused nostalgia for me again, going years back when we had less to consume and I had just more quote time to just be still. Essentially, I was more nostalgic or, you know, I would rewatch movies and TV shows because we didn't have a lot of new ones coming out, you know, and I'm not even talking about that long ago. I'm talking like 10, 10 to 15 years ago. Maybe you have to understand like Netflix I mean, shoot, 2009, 10 years ago. Yeah, Netflix was still primarily a DVD service 10 years ago. Right. You could get I their think streaming was, it was service. Only a DVD but service. Yeah, I got their streaming service in 2010. I remember that. Oh, I tried it okay. out and it sucked. It was like a couple couple things on there that was good. Couple. Huh. But the DVD service was where, was where it was at back then. So nine, 10 years ago, all right, you're looking within the last eight to nine years is when things have really gotten over the top as far as what we can consume. So not a long time ago. It's just amazing to me. So anyway, my point being is that I was more nostalgic because of that. I am still nostalgic, especially when it comes to traditions like around the holidays, for example. I've had to really balance this too, because one thing I found with nostalgia slash traditions, because you're right, it evokes a feeling. So for example, everybody knows how much I, Green Butterfly, Sheer Terror, the three of us, how much we just love the Harry Potter, especially around October. Right. Uh, of course, they they pretty much consume it all year round. So <laughs> for me, it's like it's an October thing, right? Why is it an October thing? Because it reminds me of fall and it reminds me of Halloween and all that kind of stuff. And then, yeah. you know, I don't really consume it much the rest of the year. And I've always joked about sci-fi November. Why? I don't know. But it reminds me of good feelings during that time of year. So it creates an amazing amount of euphoria starting in October all the way through December. Yeah, I get that. Yep. And then I ran into the problem of now this is years ago. I ran into the problem of January would come around and all of that euphoria was over. And then the cold dark of winter hit and I would have (laughs) seasonal effectiveness disorder, which is not a good thing because I'd be like, crap, I have no like good memories in January. I really didn't. So I'd be like, oh, that doesn't work. Well, you know, now we go to basketball games and volleyball games and stuff like which volleyball is more fall, but basketball is more of a winter sport. And so now, like, I don't think about that anymore because it's not as much about the months or the seasons. I've like, I've taken myself out of that, which is another reason, by the way, that I seek new things, because if I'm only nostalgic, nostalgia has an end point, unfortunately. And so for me, it's like, oh, I'm so nostalgic and it's great. It's creating this euphoria and then it's over. The more new things you seek out, the more potential focus points you have for future nostalgia. Exactly. And that's the thing. That's what I'm talking about is that if I'm only on nostalgia, it has an endpoint. If I have nostalgia mixed with the desire to seek new things and learn about new things and experience new things, 
then there's this unending cycle of good stuff, essentially. Kick fire. So that's, See, I- that's where I'm at. I mean, and that's okay. But, but for example, I've been going back and rewatching community and I've talked about uh-huh. this, you know, yep. I've seen seasons one and two multiple times. Can't even tell you how many now seasons like four through six. I think I only watched them once, which is one of the reasons I'm going back and rewatching it uh-huh. for whatever reason, even though I'm all about new stuff for whatever reason, that's been a really fun thing to go back and rewatch. And there is that euphoria and that, you know, nostalgia that's coming from that. So yeah. I think the, the caution I always have is that, and people do this getting too stuck in nostalgia. I think it causes us to not live in the moment. Truthfully, I think we get way too stuck in the past. I think it almost becomes a drug for us to feel good, even though it's not necessarily a bad thing to have nostalgia. I know it can cause people to become crotchety, especially when it comes to like music and you know, even a lot of stuff we consume, right? They'll be like, well, they don't make music good. I hear it all the time. You know, that's what I'm becoming. Actually, music was good until the 1978 (laughs) year. And then like it went to hell after that. I'm like, seriously, the Beatles broke up and yeah, everybody had sucked out. It hasn't been good music since the (laughs) seventies. I'm like, come on guys. Like that's such a lie. So it's it's, it's, too subjective. Exactly. But I, I don't think it's healthy. I think nostalgia is good, right. but I think if you get crotchety from it or you get too stuck in, I don't actually think that's a healthy True. thing. So no, I think it, it's about balance as in all things, yeah. all things it's about balance. But so I think to your it's point, good to be a little nostalgic to your point with Alan Hirsch's comments. I actually would not agree that nostalgia is a hundred percent good. I think it can be good in like you just said within balance with living in the moment and being open and, you know, seeking new things as well. Fair enough. That's and, my, and that's to, my thought. Yeah. And, and to clarify what, what you just said, Brian, it will be, it didn't actually, I didn't mention yet is that we talked about off the show, but the conclusion to the two of the articles I read about nostalgia in general was that it can be a good thing because it allows people, it allows people in general, whether you're in a depressed state or not to remember good feelings and remember things that give them hope in life, remind them that they matter and that life's worth living. Yeah. The flip side of that coin is, of course, if that's all you are focused on is stuff the way it used to be, then that has to be a little bit, if not a lot, debilitating. Yeah. So, Yeah, that's a good point. Yeah. Well, you know, it's interesting. You, you just said something that got me thinking about a, a topic of like, for example, around the holidays. And I hear this a lot, right? The holidays can be, and we're, I, it's crazy. We're actually coming up on them already. Uh, <laughs> not, not yet, but I mean, we're closer to them than we were. So the, the thing about the holidays is that you hear people that absolutely love it and you hear people that absolutely hate it. You don't usually hear in the middle. Nostalgia around the holidays may have been good at one time. So for example, you know, let's just say as a child and as a teen or whatever, even in your 20s, it's like, man, the holidays were great. I have some great nostalgia around that, some great memories, but I don't have that anymore. So being nostalgic about what I had reminds me what I now don't have. Does that make sense? Okay. So it does. You said something about, you know, nostalgia can create feelings of hope and good feelings. And I thought, yeah, I think so for sure. But if it's a reminder of what you don't have right now, that could be a bad thing. So maybe nostalgia is good and maybe it's not always good for certain people. True. So that, I'm just and throwing that, that makes, out. No. And, and that makes perfect sense given the fact that, like I said before, you can't box people up. There's too many nuances to people and how they perceive things and totally and whatnot. So of course you're, you're absolutely correct. Yeah. 
again, this goes back to what I was saying about the seasonal effectiveness disorder. It's like, you know, I would, I would have the nostalgia of the holidays and oh my gosh, it's great. Reminds me of all these good times and I would continue to choose new things too. So I had new memories and continuing forward as well. But then in January, it reminded me of what I now don't have. So it was, this is even a weird twist because it's not even about what I don't have in the holidays. I still have it in the holidays, right? But now in January, I don't have it anymore. So it's almost like I kind of learned this a long time ago is it's almost like always having something to look forward to, if you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Um, living in the moment, being content with where you're at. It's like these little nuances like that, but it's always like, okay, you know, coming up in August, uh, volleyball starts. Yay. I'm excited to go to volleyball yeah. and then it's fall and I love fall and I love Christmas and I love, you know, Thanksgiving and all that time. And then it's like January basketball. Yay. And then it's, you know, it's like, you're always constantly kind of moving to things that you enjoy. You're always being content where you're at. You're choosing a good attitude. You're looking for the positive things you know, those negative things, those, those depression tendencies, whatever they may be, don't ever really have a chance to rear their heads. If you know what I mean, if you can constantly have that, which would lend credence to your approach of constantly finding new things to get excited about and to get into, yeah, which in turn lends positive spin on the fact that there is so much for us to consume now. Exactly. It's rather than letting it overwhelm you, just realize that there's something there's lots of cool stuff out there for me to watch or to go out and do or yeah, learn about or learn wow, about yeah. or you know hobbies to get into and just if if you're ever looking for something there's something out there totally so the dogmatic types would probably disagree with what we were just saying there and saying well you're just busying yourself up and you're hiding something or you know you're not allowing yourself to whatever, like acknowledge your real true feelings or whatever. I don't agree with that because now granted, (laughs) if there's something dark and deep there that you need to work through, that's a totally different story. But sometimes, and I said this having like not consuming and just kind of being still is a very good thing. Sometimes that's not like not having stuff to do. I think that creates a major amount of discouragement because eventually well, it lets your just, brain go into dark places sometimes. Yeah. Right? So it's not like you're covering it up. You're just, I like what you said. Like you're, you're consuming new things. You're learning new things. You're applying yourself. You're getting involved. You're doing things. You're taking the knowledge that you've learned and you're turning it into, you know, I don't know, mastery and application and you're helping others with it. You know, whatever you do, if that's what you want to do, yeah. get out there and don't busy yourself up. I think people who like create massively busy schedules are trying to hide pain, but not always, not always. I'm sa- I'm not saying that that's for, <laughs> true for everybody. I'm saying, I think that is a common tendency for people who are like super busy, but Maybe. having a full schedule, I don't think that's a bad thing. You know, I, I don't like to just sit around and do nothing. I don't mind having rest time and quiet, like still time too, yeah. but I, I enjoy the idea of, you know, having things to do and, having people to do it with, you know, I, I really enjoy that. So anyway, those are just some thoughts. Again, yeah. everybody's different. Like you said, so sometimes the greatest news is canceled news for introverts. <laughs> so, <laughs> oh, we can't make it to the restaurant or the movie tonight. Oh, I'm, I'm sorry. That's I'm so fine. Sorry. I'll That's find a- something else to do. <laughs> yes. <Yay>! <laughs> that was a really good discussion. And I, I really like that idea of nostalgia and, I actually do want to go back and rewatch Stargate SG one and, and also universe and Atlantis at some point. Those were There's so much fun. such great shows. I've only ever seen SG one once. I've only seen universe once. I've seen Atlantis twice, but I just like such great shows. And it's not even necessarily just about the nostalgia. It's the fantastic writing. Yeah. Hey, speaking of sci-fi. Yeah. 
there's a new show on Netflix called Another Life. Lord Thunder <laughs> says, man, I'm really enjoying it. And I said, oh, cool. Well, I, I went on to just like, what's it all about? I went on to IMDb and the reviews are like 4.3 out of 10. And everybody's like, this this show sucks. It's horrible. It's uh-huh. like a space opera, you know, like a soap opera in space kind of thing. And and I'm thinking like, oh, well, I trust Lord Thunder because he and I t- tend to like a lot of the same stuff. So I'm, I'm still going to give it a chance, but I just I was surprised yeah. about the reviews. So I was just curious if anyone else has started watching it yet. What your thoughts are that kind of thing, too. And I'll check it out and see what we think. But yeah, you check it out. I'll check it out if you check it out and then we yeah. can review it on one of the shows coming up. But, At least the um, first couple of episodes. And here's the thing. I don't always trust reviews on IMDb. Sometimes they're no. right and sometimes they're so not right. It's too subjective. You can't. I mean, there, how many times have we been burned by reviews? Yeah. I know. That's why I well, like to say, here's why I liked it. You may not hear some things to consider and just go from there. You know, mm-hmm. exactly. Runaways, by oh. the way, I, I need to apologize to the flash. I, I went a little overboard on uh, whiskey Cavalier last week. I think <laughs> <laughs> I was, I was overly passionate about how much I hated that character and I, I was probably just unnecessary. So apologies, <laughs> Martin. You finished. won't get keel hauled for that opinion. <laughs> You're going to walk the plank and oh, dude, could you imagine getting keel hauled, especially with some dude, shit that had never been like cleaned from barnacles in a long time? Do not even think about it. That's one of the most awful things. Oh. That- All right. I finished Runaways season two, by the way. It's a Marvel show. I mean, you know, it's in prep for season three, which is coming out somewhere in the fall. Interesting show. I, I liked season one. It had its really good moments, had its kind of fascinating moments. And season two was very much up and down as well. There were some like, holy cow episodes. These are so good. And there were some like, what the heck are these writers on? Like, this is freaking <laughs> something. drugged out, messed. What the? Who thinks of this stuff? It was bizarre. Not huh. bad necessarily. Just like, wow, that. I don't get this. Like Twin Peaks Bazaar, Brian? Well, I've never seen that show, to be honest, so I don't know. It was bizarre. It was just out there. And then, like I said, like the last episode was incredible. Left you on a major cliffhanger. I'm like, dang it. So, interesting show. Runaways seems to somehow be tied into Cloak and Dagger, which we talked about, you know, a few months mm-hmm. ago. Uh, they do mention a lot about Roxxon Corporation, which is in Cloak and Dagger. So, I don't know if they're trying to connect the Runaways Cloak and Dagger universe it's all connected somehow to the greater Marvel TV show universe, but I don't know. I don't know how they're all doing this stuff yet, but it's still interesting. Going to see Hobbs and Shaw tonight. Fast and Furious presents Hobbs oh, and Shaw. Okay. Yes, I can't wait. Taking you long enough. Well, it just came out Friday. Did last, it? Last Friday. Oh, I thought it had been out for like two or three weeks now. People talk about it so much. Oh, it that just I thought, came out. I, oh, okay. Never mind. So we're going tonight. Talk about it next week. I did actually get a chance to go back and rewatch most of the Fast and Furious movies to kind of prep. I only saw seven and eight once. And I was like, these really are good There's, movies. Like I forgot how good these are. They're just great action movies. So good uh, stuff. yeah, I have to take your word for it. Bros and cars, man. <laughs> Bros yep. and cars. Okay. But do you like action movies? Yeah, I used to less now than I used to. It's a good action. Okay. One and two were bros and cars. Four through eight are good action movie stories. Okay. Well, five through eight, especially. Now, I really can't judge it because I haven't seen a single one. Exactly. So just, it's, it's, it's just worth watching. The genre is not attracting me. Let's put it that way. Last thing I just wanted to share was we watched the green book, which came out, I think in, I think it was last year. So it's, you know, it's on digital or DVD or Blu-ray or VHS, whatever yeah. you're still consuming. What is that about? It is a true story about Dr. Don Shirley, who was a phenomenal pianist in the sixties, oh. especially it, it took place in 62. I think 
the movie did. So there's a bouncer, Tony Lip. He he drives hey. uh, Doctor Shirley around, and very very interesting man. I'll tell you, it was it was really good. I I was blown away how good it was. It was totally worth watching. Really really okay. well done. Very very cool. I, I mean, in so many ways, I loved it. It was such a balanced approach to it as well. So I really don't have anything bad to say about it. It was it's very much a drama, but dang, it was good. Check it out. If you guys are ever interested in seeing something that's just a little different, you know, but inspiring and happy and and it's Vigo Mortensen and Ah, um, I like him. Oh, man, I haven't seen him in a long time. If you've seen Luke Cage, I believe is what it was. Yeah, he played Cornell Cottonmouth Stokes in season one of Luke Cage. He was a bad dude in there. Anyway, his name is like Mahershala Ali. I think that's how you pronounce it. Mahershala Oak. Anyway, you, you totally know who I'm talking about. He's been in some stuff recently and he did amazing job as Dr. Shirley. Good acting. I'll tell you what, though. You, you know, Viggo Mortensen, right? Oh, yeah. Lord of the Rings played Aragon. Dude, he Aragorn. played. Sorry, Aragorn. <laughs> it depends on uh, what, you know, part of, of Middle Earth you're from. So he. Oh, my gosh. He played a full on Italian. And I would not know that this guy was not Italian. Oh, interesting. Like, it, huh. it was so perfect with his mannerisms and his accent and everything. And I'm just like, dang it. Vigo is awesome. He is such a good he, actor. He's an underrated actor. If I, if there ever was one, that's he really sure. is. Yeah. Yeah. In fact, you know, you go back and you, you were talking about going back and rewatching all the Lord of the Rings, you know, behind the scenes documentaries and stuff. Yeah. A, few, a couple months ago. Yeah. One of the things that always impressed me about Viggo Mortensen is that he would wear his sword on him. He wasn't even on set. He wasn't acting. He wasn't doing anything. He would just wear it on him to be in character just so he could play the role of Aragorn so well. Mm-hmm. And I was like, man, that is total respect. I could go on and on about Vigo and I'm not going to on this episode that he's, yeah. he's just a really, he's a great person. I think that's kind of rare in Hollywood is the impression I get. So I'm yeah, he's not full nice of himself. Way. Let's put it that way. That's good. Yeah. He is underrated, but man, he's good. He's a giver, not a taker. I like that. Oh, he's, he's a smoker. Not a toker. He's a midnight, <laughs> He's a midnight <laughs> choker. Wait, <laughs> I'm a, I'm a, I don't even know. It's was, I'm a joker. I'm a smoker. I'm a midnight toker. There we go. There you go. I was like, got to get and, the words there. And I was born in the seventies, man. <laughs> That's pretty pathetic. That was out before we were born though. Still, I eat, drink and sleep with that kind of music. So that's, yeah, really? Do you Let's have, move on. Do you have like a, a record and a cassette <laughs> underneath your pillow. You're like, good night, Steve Miller band. I love you. Kiss, yeah, Steve kiss Miller the band cassette is my, tape. Is, is my Narsil that oh, I just sleep with and wear around precious. everywhere. Yes. And you're just like, yeah. good night. Deep thoughts with Captain Influence. If I could go to the moon right now, I'd really just want to bounce all over the place in the low gravity. But then I'd start worrying about jumping too high and not coming back down. Maybe if I did it on all fours like Pepe Le Pew. But then I'd need extra padding on my knees. I don't know. Sometimes these thoughts can go a little too deep and I have to pull myself back. I can see the mass above the horizon. Aye, there's another ship on the horizon, a pirate ship, and we've got to go kill it. Let's go. I think we should run from it instead. You know what the music means. It's time for us to go. Did they say sure back in pirate days? I bet they didn't. I sure do. I don't think they said that. It's probably a little different. Like, I surely do. That's probably what it was. I. <laughs> All right. Don't Captain. call me Shirley. <laughs> Thanks for being here. 
I appreciate Thanks it. Thanks for talking pirate with me. And have yourself a good week. The Real Brian Show is a production of 514 Media at 514mediaempire.com.